millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bloody celebrities. They cannot stop making me hate them more. You said you have some housekeeping. I have some housekeeping as well. You okay. you know, our friend Meg of the dead child, sorry, who told Jesus. a horrific story, who told yes. a horrific story. Okay. It's her birthday. She's 30. It's her 30th. We'd love to wish her a very happy birthday. Uh, happy happy birthday. birthday. What a sad Corona filled birthday this is. Oh, and on that note, it is our two roadies, Shmadi and Katrina's, who would accompany us down to Cork. Both deserve birthdays this weekend. Oh, happy birthday, Shmadi and Katrina. Um, Do you know I named a character after Shmadi in Unfiltered? And is she? Well, it's a what? It's actually a, it's, it's a man. <laughs> it's it's a dude, yeah, but called Schmatty. No way, oh. she'll be delighted. I hope she is. I hope that impa- like impels her to buy a copy of the book. That's my <laughs> new tactic. You know, with filter this, I went around. If I ever saw any influencers at any kind of like you know PR events or anything, I they'd be like, "Oh, I heard about your book," and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, there's a character uh, based on you in it." Get out of here. That's genius, person to person sales. That is what I excel at. They could I can sell be a irresistible book to a single person. <laughs> I, uh, um, I did see my little Cassie D comments. Oh, on, yeah. At, in some stage, just a, a, a sassy commenter on the internet. Very at, at Cassie D. I know. There's so many 
people's handles actually because it's very hard coming up with handles all the time Jen poor Jen actually really missed out because one of the main characters was called after Jen and then I changed it yeah um and I never actually put you back in as anyone else so (laughs) sad but I'm I'm populating the snag list at the moment so you'll get a character in there please thank you you're welcome. So, uh, Creep of the Week. Has anyone, speaking of things that have been floating around, has anyone watched Gem O'Doherty uh, today? No. 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 Oh, I don't even know if we should talk about it. Right now, Gemma. She, there's a lot wrong 5G. with Gemma, I think. 5G And I feel like somebody in her family needs to, rain, to go and get her and bring her home. <laughs> oh, God. There's Jim one person who needs to stay home. It's Gemma Collins. It's Gemma Doherty. <laughs> Gemma Doherty. Did you not say Gemma Collins? No, she said no. Gemma Doherty. I was like, poor Gemma Collins. What has she done now? It's I okay. don't even know how no, to begin to. I tried to. Did anyone get that? Uh, so she videoed some. How do you know this? Man. Are you following her on the Instagram? I can't. You can't, I, you can't I, but come across. She's not stuff. allowed to be on the inst- Instagram or on the internet. Uh, well, there's tons of stuff about her, but mm-hmm. people keep sending me. And the most recent came from my mum. And it was a video of a, of a woman, very South County Dublin accent, on the Vico Road, giving out yards aggressively to this yeah, her. Garda. That yeah. was her. But my mum didn't know who she was. So then I started to begin to try and explain who Gemma was. And I could see in the eyes of my own mother a sort of nodding in, I can see now where she's coming from on a couple. I'm not saying I'm a support. I'm just saying. And I was like, oh no. Oh, there's a reason people like that of my mother need to never really go on the internet in a big way. (laughs) Do you know? Because they would start getting involved in things that really... If you're coming on at this late stage, you're just not up to date with who's mad and who's not. And it's confusing, I accept. And there's a lot of background education needed. But um, so Jeremy Doherty is just a fucking... So they're all protesting at the moment against this, you know, police state and, yeah, you know, so the 5G, the connection with 5G and Corona. Now that she's, part of she's it. a big believer in that. They Her name and homes. But, and... Gemma and John Waters filing their high court, um, it's, it's not a suit, but complaint that the current lockdown is is inhumane and violates our human rights. That's oh, right. Well, my like, God. And I think, look, there are beliefs that, fine, take it, take it to court. But the rallying of troops in a kind of, you know, in, in a protest where everybody's standing beside each. I mean, it's a literal... Oh. Literally, exactly the opposite of the what American we're trying to achieve here. It's the insane. American protesters who have taken "My Body, My Choice" as their refusal to wear face mask slogan. Irony, very upsetting. It's like the conservative alt right who are refusing to wear the face masks. Oh, you got to roll the anti-vaxxers into that as well because there is just—it's like. I guess, but like look, you say, Sophie, it's natural selection. I mean, they're self-selecting. <laughs> I said that off mic, Jen. I'll say <laughs> it off mic. I've been saying all week. I have no problem with a bit of natural selection coming in here now. And while we're on it, I saw videos of street parties happening 
in Dublin. Okay. Are we, what's the story here? Selection are we allowed? What's, I mean, am I, I allowed mean, if to you have sit a drink in, with a neighbor who's streaming? Yeah, am I if allowed you to do sit that? in your front garden and someone else is sitting in their front garden two yeah. meters away from you and you're both having a drink and you're having a little shouty shouty across the, the wall or whatever. You're telling me days. that's acceptable. Okay. Totally gotcha. and utterly. But running around and hugging and shifting and jumping out of cars and noise pollution is never okay. But all of that <laughs> kind of shite, it's not oh. fucking good. There's videos of of the youth running around the streets, touching each other, playing tip the can practically, tip the fucking COVID. They Do you remember that sort of rowdy <laughs> drive though as a teenager you had? It's hard to keep that under wraps. I think that ridey drive mixed with that sort of the world is wrong and you must be right. And they've probably read something about the COVID conspiracy on the internet and believe it all to be false and now cannot be told otherwise. Oh, it's great. It's all like a bit of an episode of Black Mirror, isn't it? I know. Do you know, I only just the other day was like, I wonder what Charlie thinks of all this. Um, and then uh, we paid a little visit to Charlie's Twitter, where he is sadly not very active. Presumably he's producing high quality content rather than 142 character, you know, thought farts. Um, Maybe this is all just promo for Black Mirror season four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or another one of those weird interactive films. I think when he married that new Peter woman, it, his brand was affected by that. His ma- What? Yeah, didn't really married your one from Blue Peter. I was like, oh. You said that his brand was really affected by that. <laughs> I was affected by his, that, that move in Charlie's life. He I definitely like, softened noticeably after that. Yeah, but like you don't want to think of him as a human. He's like some AI robot created by the, the collective conspiracy thoughts of the internet and he produces <laughs> content. Oh, do you know who's speaking of content? You see, though, Charlie Brooker is, he, you, you, maybe you remember him less than from like when he was on TV. Oh, the the, Blue, the uh, Blue Peter thing makes all the sense to me because I'm like, yeah, of course, they're like two TV presenters. They have to mate. <laughs> Even if it is, you know, snarky TV critic on one hand and Blue Peter, you know, pep squad on the other. It's perfect. Yeah. That's fair. Are they breeding like these unique? Yeah, they have kids. Amen yeah. homes like. Uh... <laughs> anyway, listen, what was I, I, was, I had a fucking thought. Flu- things are moving slowly in my fa- head and face area. Are you finding the same? Like coming up with things, thinking about things. Everything is sort of grinding to a slow. <laughs> no, it's just that no, every day is the same. I, as yeah. you know well, I have... I have issues in this area and like I need to shut my brain up. I took time out to send somebody a 30 minute voice note at half three this morning. Oh God. I mean, it was a full rundown of my every thought and feeling since the last voice note I had sent them. Oh God. <laughs> um, she brought it on herself. She sent me a message at like eight o'clock the night before and she knows I don't stay up past whatever stupid time and uh, so when I saw that I was like well this is carte blanche now for me to hit her with a maximum like you know voice note throat punch of a personal podcast I have to do my bit of housekeeping because a minute ago you were talking about if we could so Cassie has just got big news big news in creep dive land Cassie's just gotten herself a lovely pizza oven She's nailed the sourdough pizza base and we were just debating whether you could dispose of a human body in a pizza oven. 
because they go up to 500 degrees. Yes. Casually. Yes. Yeah. We were just discussing that off mic. Um, sorry. Now you're making it sound like I've ruined the surprise for somebody who's listening. <laughs> Whoever you were planning to dispose of now knows. Um, so anyway, Carol Baskin. Oh. Right. <laughs> Has Have either of you gone and listened to the Murder Squad's deep dive into what happened to Carol Baskin's husband? No. no. Well, friends and creeps, no need to leave immediately to go listen. But after the episode, head over to, you know, the Murder Squad. It's um, Billy Jensen and Paul Holes. It's produced by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstart from My Favourite Murder. And you remember they were the guys who like uh, helped break the uh, Golden State Killer case. Yes. Yes. And so they have their own podcast that's like, it's like a true crime podcast, except they know what they're talking about in a very big way it's very impressive and so they like on their podcast do old cold cases and things like that and they're doing loads of stuff in the kind of like crowdsourcing information kind of vibe Mm -hmm. and so it's really good but anyway they did one on Carol Baskin's husband and there's like loads and loads more to him than we ever got in Tiger King Mm -hmm. also the um suggestion that carol could have grinded him up in the meat grinder that they had on the uh, on the park and given him to the tigers laughable so why why so apparently the meat grinder is just like one of those like t- tabletop ones smaller even than one they might have in the bon appetit test kitchen now they did show and that she, she in the series you need to, no they showed a different meat grinder in the series they're so dodgy did they well according to the podcast well they showed sorry. a small one yeah, they, they did give the impression that it was too small. I think it was during Carol saying, "Like, there's no way I'd been here for a fortnight trying to get rid of him." Um, and then they, <laughs> yeah. they 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 split the screen to a meat grinder, presuming. But I guess that would have could have been a bit of a dodgy move. Because anyway, never mind. Go back. Well, would you know as well? Say when um, do you know the power of attorney document that yeah. they made a big thing out of the wording of it, where it was like, in the event of my death or disappearance. Yeah. And I even remember when that pic played on the TV and Seb and I looked at each other and were like, oh, Carol. And then they were talking to his attorney for this pod- podcast, The Murder Squad. And um, I think Seb is actioning that crying baby, but I'm not sure. Can you guys hear him? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't sound like Seb's doing much of anything. Hang on, I'll just be right back. No Sorry. No Sorry. Fact. Great idea. Seb doesn't give a shit about you, does he? <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, hang on, guys. <laughs> we heard that. <laughs> Seb really is only looking out for Seb at this point. Okay. Oh, baby. Oh, he's devastated. Is he just hungry? He just had one of those freaky newborn naps where they're like asleep for five hours. Yeah. And you don't And then they're know. fucking starving. What's Whether to wake on? them or not. Is, yeah. it, is he alive? And you can't even enjoy it because every you know mm-hmm. you're just constantly holding your hand in front of their faces to check yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, they they were saying that like Don, um, Carol's husband, 
had like he basically they kept describing it as like he led a very risky life in that he basically was like involved in like money laundering and kind of like mad loads of mad a good shit. man mad shit out the yin yang and they um felt very strongly about the inclusion of the word disappear and um, because there was like a legitimate fear that like some of his dodgy business associates would kidnap him one day or something like that. Gotcha. So there's all kinds of more to that story. And it's a great episode if people want to have even more Tiger King content. I mean, I just think it's all going to end in tears. Like your man, the Tiger King, he's in prison looking for, and was there some suggestion that Donald Trump was going to get him out? As someone asked Donald Trump at a press conference, because because uh, Don said that he would advocate for him to be released, and Donald was like, "I've heard nothing of this." Fine, <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that out, Sophs. And I listened to, although I wouldn't really recommend it, the additional episode they put on Netflix. Ah, uh, yeah, it was. What a weird choice to have your man, what's his face, Joe, jump in and present. Cass, who is he again? Is he just an American? I feel like he's he was like popular in the Jackass era, but not okay. on Jackass. That explains it perfectly. <laughs> he has a very Johnny Knoxville uh, vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a we've got there's a little couple of creeps of the week. What do we got? I got a bit of a head scratcher, and it's sort of actually it might be good as a follow on to our Gemma Collins general mad chat. Gemma O'Doherty. See, you are saying Gemma, Gemma Collins. Collins. <laughs> I did say Gemma Collins. That's I'm why sorry. Oh, have I upset you? Apologise to me. Apologise to Gemma. Did you oh. see Gemma's tweet? No. Someone was wondering how. They, someone said on Twitter they keep thinking of how Gemma Collins is getting on and all this. And Gemma Collins replied, "I'm all right, love. <laughs> Feeling a bit claustrophobic, babe. Have you seen? The- yes. <laughs> have you seen her? The, the obviously doing the rounds. For, there is a fantastic Instagram account. This is my covid brain has has gone to shit but um i don't have coronavirus i just mean my isolation brain uh there's an instagram account called the love of huns and it is just there 90 percent Gemma collins memes and uh that one of Gemma in celebrity big brother when she's in the diary room or something she's like i'm just feeling so claustrophobic is doing the rounds constantly (laughs) she's a good gal um, so are you ready for my one? Should I kick you off or give you a, Absolutely this, you might have heard of. And this is a real, this is a throwback. This is an old, ever heard of Nick Hinton? Anyway, no. Twitter man. And this is a, it's part of his thread from July of last year. So, and it's kick, it's kind of a callback, Sophie, to when you were saying, don't you think perhaps that the world in fact did end in 2016 Uh, is a conspiracy thread based around the suggestion that the world did end but in the year 2012 now 2012 was the Mayan prediction year Mm. do you remember that Uh, I couldn't forget I watched I watched 2012 about every two weeks love that film there was a film called 2012 oh yeah, yeah and it's utterly bananas and great fun and is it a documentary all about? Absolutely not. Okay. John, John Cusack is instrumental in saving the world. Ah, uh, good old John. Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> I am so excited. Okay. So I'll just start you. So uh, 
Nick says, I've wanted to talk about this subject for a while. The other day I had a random urge to look into it again and read some old stuff, you know, just for fun. Since then, I've noticed other people talking about it again. The strangest part is I can't find anything online about it anymore. Like I said, you can find people talking about it casually or joking about it, but I cannot find any of the in-depth material I had once read about this. So this has actually been really frustrating for me. I have nothing to refresh my memory while writing this. I found a few things here and there that are helping me piece together the puzzle. But I know uh, there used to be so much more out there. I can't remember the first time I heard this theory, but it's become somewhat of a meme. Uh, I did find this video of Max uh, Logan. So that's a child genius from YouTube. Do either of you ever come across this kid? No, so he's Max super, Logan. yeah, super physicist genius. I think he's in co- he was in college from the age of eleven. Blah blah blah. He has a lot of theories about stuff. He and, sounds like the opposite of the other YouTuber Logan, whatever yes. his name is, Logan, Logan, Logan Paul. Paul. We should definitely not do a to be on confused him. with Logan Paul. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so this guy Nick found a video of this kid Max. Uh, touching on the theory, but I don't think it's he's the first to talk about it. I think originally it was some girl. Okay, so here's the theory. Did the world actually end in 2012? So you might recall it was the year that scientists at CERN or Cur- whatever found the Higgs boson. Remember yeah. that? So that's a particle Stephen Hawking's predicted could destroy the whole universe or in his words, cause the universe to under- undergo a, cat- a catastrophic catastrophic vacuum delay so what if that happened and if we did destroy the universe would we know maybe CERN accidentally created a black hole that sucked us in without even noticing and we've just been living in it some physicists actually believe this is possible so there's the old cliched argument that nothing has felt right since 2012 I'm not sure about that Nick but uh Nick agrees with this so Maybe it well, is 2012, like, yeah, I mean, growing I can up, see it. Yeah. Okay. Like, is post-recession. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give you a few. Things were actually turning. 2008 when everything started really going to. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it, you know, obviously, like, it, it might have something to do with, like Nick says, growing up, getting older. Uh, but ever since then, it seems the world has descended more and more into chaos every day. Time feels mm. faster. So there is some sort of calamity happening almost daily, mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Only st- and it's funny, this is written uh, July of last year. So since then, a lot of other calamitous shit has gone down, as we well yeah. know. So did we all die and go into hell? I really don't believe that, but some people do. Maybe we're in a similar situation to the characters in The Good Place. So like I've said before, I think we live in a series of simulations. Perhaps the universe was destroyed by CERN and our collective consciousness was moved to a parallel universe next door. It would be almost identical. In fact, there are people out there who are reporting small differences in this reality. In this reality versus the one they remember pre-2012. This is a phenomenon often referred to as the Mandela effect. Have you guys heard of that? No. So the Mandela effect is a phenomenon that occurred is it just after Nelson Mandela's death. Hang on, I'll just get up the uh, Mandela effect, the uh, wiki to give you a proper rundown. Uh, it's basically a theory 
so it's a phenomenon where a large group of people remember something differently to how it occurred. So conspiracy theorists believe this is proof of an alternate universe, while many mm. doctors use it as an illustration of how imperfect memory can be sometimes. So the I'll just give you a quick, uh, basically like false memories, but collective false memories. Yeah. So Nick did a bit of digging in this and gave us a few kicks back a few examples they didn't ring any bells for me but they might for you so some people remember febreze spelled f-e-b or e-e-z-e rather than febreze f-e-b or e-z-e some people remember sketchers s-k-e-t-c-h-e-r-s instead of s-k-e-c-h-e-r-s i'm one of those people wait hold on sketchers s-k-e-t-c-h-e-r-s yes Yes, That's how I remember. what it is, which is S K E C H E R S. Or <laughs> has, they, has anyone asked Sketchers? Did they change it in 2012? They didn't. It was never <laughs> spelt according to them. <gasps> that first way, or Looney Tunes, spelled L O O N Y T O O N S instead of Looney Tunes. Tunes. U N E S. is Looney Tunes correct but is it not just that like your memory corrects it to like because the wrong spellings of these brand names are what they would be spelt if they were to be spelled grammatically correctly yeah that's definitely could be just correcting it auto on auto correct similar to your phone so uh just to give you Nick gives us a bit of a breakdown of the Nelson Mandela effect so the name came from Nelson Mandela, who many people believe to have died in prison in the 80s. However, to many people's surprise, his funeral was national news in 2013, and he had lived a long, happy life up until that point. And that was a genuine <laughs> phenomenon when the news broke about Nelson Mandela's death in 2013. Everyone's like, he's that? already dead. I definitely remember that. And people being like, what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, this is a really <laughs> interesting one. So Nick goes on to there's another example of the Mandela effect. So he's done a bit of, so basically he says, Nelson Mandela effect gets much creepier though. Some people remember the Statue of Liberty being in a totally different location. That location being Ellis Island. When the Statue of Liberty is on Liberty Island, right? So Nick's given us a couple of examples of paintings clearly depicting the Statue of of Liberty on Ellis Island with no other (gasps) islands nearby. Were the artists not paying attention? Uh, Did they just like it better this way? I really don't think so. So now, if it's not strange enough, if you go to Google Maps Street View, there's a specific areas of Liberty Island where the Statue of Liberty is just missing, right? Residue from the previous timeline, suggests Nick. This is correct. Oh, Nick, I'm with you. I had a look into this, and he's right. There's particular angles on Street View on Google's map that the fucking statue is just not in it and I know that there's glitches and you know when you drag and you kind of move around on street view because yeah. it's piecing together still images they yeah. don't, sometimes they don't quite knit together and it looks a bit like one of those panorama images you can take on your phone but especially but if they're using right. images from a previous universe well there that's what he's sort of suggesting so he's bringing us to as well there's an account uploading these strange pictures uh, and it goes by the username of Augustus uh, Bartholdi he was the designer of Lady Liberty herself. The account also sports his picture from the 1800s and he's Google approved. Anyway, Uh-oh. so uh, that is fucking, that's a weird thing. So more in the Statue of Liberty. So this explosion, uh, so basically he's also kicking up people. Basically there was an explosion 
so apparently right before the United States entry into World War I, the Germans committed the first act of terrorism on US soil. It was considered one of the largest artificial non-nuclear explosions to have ever occurred. And Nick said, I wonder why I didn't hear about this in schools. So anyway, this explosion is the reason for the Statue of Liberty's torch is closed to the public. And it's been closed for over a hundred years. Now, there's only one problem. People remember people going there. Have been up Not there. Not only that. What? Yeah, people have there's Google there. reviews. Uh, here he's given a screenshot from this Sharon who actually climbed the torch. When I visited there as a teen, you could actually climb right to the torch. Uh, right into the torch, which I did, of course, to look out. It was quite a thrill. It's sad that security has now taken all that those kinds of things away. And of course, I remember returning by a ship, blah, blah, blah. She's a German lady. So there's even fucking photographs from people who were up in the, like people who have reviewed being in the torch and have taken photographs of being there. Oh, so he what? attaches those. And there's this weird, uh, he links to a weird, weirdo Twitter account, as he says, at statue LSFDN, which makes no mention of Liberty Island at all and sports a creepy banner photo of people walking up the stairs that lead to nothing. So do you understand what that's? So isn't that strange? And, and just, last but not least, there's a video, there's this video on YouTube that he's linked to. It's a collection of Facebook photos where people have tagged their location at the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. However, the people are posing in front of and staring at nothing. It's very unsettling. What? I know. Are you following? Am I, is this making Wait, sense? So there's photos of them at Ellis Island. Tagged it's a collection Ellis of photographs, yes, a photo, Facebook photographs tagged Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. However, the people are posing in front of and staring at nothing. I really want to see it. It's a video. Have you watched yeah. it? Yeah, it's pretty strange. I'll uh, link it into the into you guys. So anyway, uh, Nick, Nick is back tweeting. Well, anyway, a while back, there was a a viral thread on 4chan posted by somebody who claimed to be one of the 23 scientists at CERN responsible for creating this Mandela effect. They claimed the planet was destroyed and we were placed in a simulated world. However, Nick says, the thing I thought that was most interesting was that whoever this person was described reality as being like a set of Russian dolls where the worlds are nestled within one another or like we talked about simulations within simulations. So the idea of simulations within simulations or a multiverse is not oh, something yeah. new. It has been part of Eastern philosophy since the third century. I'm Here sorry, he to a quote. Playing. Hold on, give me a second to just yeah. stop this. Oh my God, I'm watching that video. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. Oh, so like, this is... There's, sorry, yeah, go on. So, no, 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 it's... You, you know, tell me about the video. Well, have you seen the photograph? Or sorry, it's a still from Crocodile Dundee 2, where they you can see the Twin Towers and just to the left of them, the Statue of Liberty. And people had made comments about, like, not remembering the Statue oh, of Liberty guys, being so stop close. My, stop. My fucking thing ran out. Oh, no. Cass, are you recording this? I'm recording the Zoom, so don't worry too much. I can I downloaded I can download the the three audio files and uh, just perfect. Well, I'll just hit record again and will I just will I will I go back and check to see where I was? 
Uh, it's just, would that make it more complicated? Yeah, no, that's going to be more complicated. Okay. I'd say it's just, I'd say it's, yeah, it'll be fine. Anyway, so go on. Um, sorry, it's just saying that, so people commenting on the still from the film were like, oh, I never remembered the Statue of Liberty being so close to the Twin, uh, to the twin Towers. And um, it's it's true, like it's right beside them. And then obviously then he's showing other pictures of it like over on Liberty Island where it is like it's ages from the bottom of Manhattan like well not ages but like it is a good what would you say kilometer away I don't know it's mad and then yeah I'm sorry I'm just watching the um they're just scrolling through those those photos of you what you described to people <laughs> being on Liberty Island staring at nothing I haven't seen the staring at nothing one yet but fascinating and do, yeah okay pretty, it, so he goes on to describe the idea of simulations and multiverses. So imagining a multiverse as a spider's web in the early morning covered in dew drops and every dew drop contains the reflection of all of the other dew drops and in each reflected dew drop, the reflections of all the other dew drops in that reflection. And so, and so they're all just the infinity. same, but subtly different universes. Yeah, so the, apparently there's a Buddhist, the Buddhist conception of the universe it's kind of an image that like the turtles all the way it's turtles on top of turtles all the way down you know that image so the, yes yeah the myth the story that the world is sitting on the back of a turtle he's standing on a larger turtle he's yeah. standing on an even larger turtle and so and so on so anyway he goes into the mayan you know the mayan theory so anyway besides the mayans there was other people who predicted 2012 would be the end one of these people was Terence McKenna. Well, he didn't necessarily believe 2012 would be the end, but he did predict that there would be some reality rearranging event. So he made his prediction uh, using his time wave zero formula, which supposedly mathematically decoded the King Wen sequence of the, ah, anyway, it goes on and on and on into this. There's a lot of people predicting that this particular event, and like it's easy now and conspiracy theories will bring you anywhere you wanna go literally anywhere but the second you start involving images of missing articles or this collective misremembering of events yeah there's something in that i would think very weird actually while we're on this somebody sent us an email i'm just thinking of it now and i might go and do a bit of side research and come back to you during the episode of a an airport in the states I need to get it. Let me go away and come back. But basically, it's this really suspiciously sized airport with the US government to have funded, built, and it's fucking enormous. And there's no necessarily any reason for it. It exists in the proximity of another airport, Denver Airport, I think it's called. Uh, not only that, but from the aerial visions, visuals, you can see that there's expansive um uh, building all around this airport, much bigger than the airport itself. Uh, there's, and then there's this fucking collection of art in the airport. And it's like doomsday 2012 Mayan related end of world art. And it's just for an airport, incredibly strange. Like this is an enormous, like 14 foot painting of chill, a child in a coffin and a fiery, you know, fire and hell storm. And there's this, yeah. So it's, anyway, I'll just have a what? little, give you a little blow by blow. Someone sent this to us in the, mm. it, it's, someone sent this to us in the DMs in the creep dive. And I was like, this is interesting. Maybe it could be a creep dive, but uh, I couldn't find quite enough information, but it definitely ties into our 2012 end of day stuff. But um, 
Yeah, and apparently it was built, this whole Denver airport, when you look into like where the funding came from, it, there was this kind of invented company that doesn't exist. That's like the National Airport, something like that, National Airport Funding Company, which apparently doesn't exist. I'm going to send kind of you... came up with a fake thing to hide a thing. Don't call it something so suspicious. It's, it's a, <laughs> you want to see this art as well. It's just wildly strange. For an airport, you know, you think that... Uh, the children in coffins, um, not ideal. It wouldn't be like an uplifting thing. And do flights go from the airport? Sure, it's an operational airport. So okay. it's just, it, I think, uh, anyway, so I'll come back to you with more information on that because that is interesting. But anyway, you that's know what's the, funny about that um, Statue of Liberty thing is mm. as well that, you know, David Copperfield made it disappear in the, I want to say, 80s? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you do you remember that? Or not remember? But I do. do you know that I do. Story. No, I don't know the story. Be is there a story other than he that he made the Statue of Liberty disappear and loads of people like really couldn't get their heads it. around it. Really believed it. Yeah. Do you know this, Cassie? Yeah, I just saw that there when I was looking at pictures of the thing. I saw about <laughs> a um, he set up some sort of screen in front of it. Um, no, well, I, ju- I don't know if I should ruin it for people listening. Well, Come on, <laughs> ruin it. Ruin it, ruin it. They had the audience moved, not the Statue of Liberty. So basically they had the audience on this like incredibly smooth rotating platform um, and they did the illusion at night and uh, it was televised and everything. It was like such a huge event. I, I think I'm trying to find what... Um, what year it was i'm pretty sure it was the 80s but anyway uh yeah and they um basically just moved they rotated the platform that the audience were sitting on so that they were just looking at a space of black sky where uh, yeah and if they apparently if they just looked left they totally would have seen it uh-huh. <laughs> fascinating it's a it? random yeah there's actually a great episode of uh, this american life that um delves into it a bit more and it's they do it really well it's great the whole world of illusionists is fucking amazing and it just it it, it does make you lose faith in human beings <laughs> altogether doesn't it that we can collectively just decide to believe a thing i guess that's religion as well and okay though just- on this right yeah can i ask have you guys ever seen hyper normalization no. the documentary no okay you guys we all have to watch this and talk about it more in connection to what Jen's talking about so it's a very complex documentary I have watched it once in my life on a Sunday night I was not ready for what I was about to (laughs) experience it was so intense way too intense for a Sunday night but it's so interesting so it's a documentary that um, Adam Curtis a a, an English journalist made uh, and it's BBC like it's legit. It's not tinfoil hats on the internet, and he, and it's basically it it argues the documentary argues that governments and like financiers and tech utopians have since the nineteen seventies given up on the complex quote unquote real world and built a simpler quote unquote fake world run by corporations and kept stable by politicians. It is really physical world, or what do you mean? But like how we operate in our behaviors and rules and social norms are while we think we're voting on them and creating them are actually pre-decided by a bunch of powerful people. This is Illuminati level stuff. 
<laughs> but that's but not, really that feels well... like a, legitimately what's happening. I mean, yeah, we can only make choices within the selection available. And that selection available is, is determined by those groups. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's really it's 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 good. Like I'm way too stupid to really relate some of the very complex ideas that are, uh, you know, in there. But like I like this, for example, like this is from the Wikipedia page about the documentary. And I feel like it kind of um, sums up a lot of uh, kind of what you're talking about, really managed outcomes. Mm. So a guy um, called Ulrich Beck, who's like a sociologist and very well known. He identified um, as a left-wing German political theorist. And after the collapse of the Soviet Union, he basically believed the world was too complex to change. And he asserted that the politicians should just try and keep the West as stable as possible by predicting and avoiding risks. And like that, so then your man, Adam Curtis, looks at this and sort of... um, like extrapolates that idea out into like, for example, antidepressant drugs being available, social media, all there to stabilize the emotions of the individuals in the society and things like that. Fascinating. Fascinating. I completely believe how that's possible. Yeah. Now on this note as well, considering our current situation, there was an episode of The Daily recently. I'm just trying to bring it up here. Damn, for some reason I can't see that. Basically, it, they had a, I can't, I can't remember your man's name on, and who was what, on. The, was definitely, oh, right. a, uh, definitely a scientist. And, I thought you and meant well um, the presenter. You know the way the presenter always says his own name in a really <laughs> strange way. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's Michael Dubadoobade. It's whatever like the one who is. presents Modern Love, Megan Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you have to listen to this particular episode. Uh, it talks about this this guy they interviewed. They'd interviewed in February uh, and January before the epidemic took hold, and his predictions for what would occur came true. So they are continuing to interview him as time goes on to see like what does he think is going to happen next. But he is fucking fascinating. It's fascinating to hear. So he's suggesting this sort of like sci-fi. It's sort of dystopian. He's saying that there will be, he's suggesting that there will be a divide between people who we'll call the immunes. There are people who have had the, had commu- had corona or have a natural immunity to it. Yeah. And those people will be able like to Matt travel. Damon. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> In contagion, like <laughs> for those people, the world will return to somewhat normal uh, uh they'll be allowed to travel freely they could use public transport go into work be together closer than three meters uh, for the rest of us no is the answer but how would we identify those people they would carry so in china i think they were trialing uh, the qr codes specific rather than just a, yeah. no the uh, china system have you seen this is so bizarre so you know the way the government can read wechat and wechat is like your social media and your bank card rolled into mm. one and in around, um, in like, say, Beijing, they have approximately 200 million security cameras that can identify the faces. So when you say that, you, when you um, report that you've had it and they're checking your temperatures everywhere you go and there's devices set up to check your temperature or whatever. So if your temperature is registered as being high, you're moved categories. So they've got 
a blue or a red, green and orange categories. And depending on what category you fall in, that um, influences where you can go and where you can't go. You can't drive, say, unless you're completely within the green. Absolutely but if you if you become a confirmed case, they then look at their data that's captured from the security cameras and your payment system on WeChat. And they send out alerts to the people you came into contact with who could be that's complete right. and other strangers to you. Mm-hmm. And they let them know that they've been, you know, sure. graded I think today, into a red category uh, and they have to isolate them. Australia launched an app today and they launched the app in a way that are, they're looking for a 70% take up. It's not a government. They're not, it's not, what's the word for that you have to, to download? This mandatory. mandatory. It's not mandatory yet. They're requesting that the Australian citizens just voluntarily sign up. And it does exactly what you're saying, Cass. So it tracks you. And if you then test positive, it'll alert the people that you've been within three meters from for longer than 15 minutes um so exactly like maybe not in a non-chinese kind of fashion i don't know whether it's collecting your bank statements eye color hair sample temperature yet but uh but location is enough to make it creepy like it is now i think in australia they're like no no all this information is is encrypted data that the government don't have access to and won't ever get access to until and eventually you test positive, whichever it's, I think they're looking at 70 or 80% of people. If all test, we're all going to test positive at some point. Okay. So that just means everybody then eventually, I don't know. I don't know. It's science. It's fucking sci-fi stuff. And it's leaving us all so vulnerable to big corporations, uh, governments, sorry to be Jem O'Doherty, but it is kind of, it is obscuring the lines of privacy. It's a big challenge. Oh, totally obscuring the lines of privacy because there are going to be things that have to, and it's already happening. By they are freedom violations that are occurring in order to protect the wider society. But like, I, I am totally in agreement and will comply with everything that's brought forward. But I'm so weary of this whole data thing because like. They're not just going to develop those systems to capture everyone's data and then destroy them at the end of all of this. They're going to be like, hmm, we'll store them now for seven years and decide what to do with them later. <laughs> I just don't, I don't think that that's an effective approach. And if I like, there's reasons why we don't have, say, centralized medical systems of people's um, medical history, which seems like an obvious thing to do because there's nothing stopping you from going to your GP and getting a prescription for um you know a very strong painkiller and then walking down to Baggett Street and going to another GP reporting the same symptoms and getting a a, a double prescription because we haven't centralized people's data on medical history because that can be used against them then. Sure, you um, couldn't get health insurance. You exactly. You couldn't get life. health insurance, you couldn't get mortgages, you couldn't get whatever. Um and that's that's a violation of your privacy and your rights and all that kind of stuff. And it feels very much like all that stuff is, it's already happening all over the world, like that they are consolidating medical data on people. And that's just- but this is a global event of incomparable, I mean, what we're going through now is, I mean- Don't say it. it. But, but Don't like, say it. It's unprecedented. It's unprecedented. <laughs> but it is leaving, oh, it does make you think about things. That's all I'm saying. You just kind of go, Huh, they're watching Isn't, us. Yeah. I feel like listening to every word we're saying. Yeah, it's going to get on a list. <laughs> it's going to get to a stage where like 
everything is monitored and I'm going to be one of these people down in Wicklow living in the trees trying to escape it all being like no please just turn off the internet please here just she goes again that's up. your next tattoo Cassie turn, turn off, off the, the internet. 5G you should get it in a mustache just right under your nose <laughs> turn off the internet I just think that it's yeah it's scary isn't it hell yeah, yeah. I always remember this Atlantic article called You're Crazy If You're Not Paranoid that came out in 2012. <gasps> what? And I'd say it's feckin' quaint now if we were to read it now. We'd just be like, oh yeah, of course the phone's listening. <laughs> like, can't all believe this guy thought the oh, phone wasn't listening. Like, yeah, but we take, yeah. we accept all these things now. It's just normal and just put a lot of trust in people that they're not going to... Well, sure. Yeah. No, a good rule of thumb is not if going to manipulate us into voting for a former reality TV star megalomaniac <laughs> lunatic to lead the free world. Too late. Oh. Uh, here's a, here's a here's a rule: if you are downloading an app that is free yeah. that you're not paying for, then you are the cost. You know, if you think about oh, it like that, data is the is is the. Uh, what is it? The value of data suppressed that surpassed that of oil this year. It's the most valuable commodity in the world. And like all fucking everything that is being developed is the value derives from the data of its users and what they can sell you. Mm. The internet the is just one is big ad. That we're it's just our attention span. That is the only kind of commodity anymore. We should and be our, questioning. We're not going along with. We should be kind of looking at the weird shit. That's what we're here to do with the creep data. Dig into the strange, you know, um, just to give you some unresearched nuggets just, of weird. <laughs> totally. Loosely close. We are truth adjacent here. Truth. And in the we're shadow comfortable of truth. with that. In the shadow yeah. of truth lies the creep dive. But just in so an good. alternative universe that's been created by the government. It's yeah. just a universe that was minted by the government a few years ago. No big, no yeah. big. Hell yeah. I believe um, in all of this passionately and with the whole of my heart. Just call me Sophie, Sophie O'Doherty. Sophie Collins. <laughs> Sophie Collins. Um, <laughs> on that note, my creep this week is just a short little one. I was reminiscing because um, I was just reminiscing about the Celtic Tiger, the good old days. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, guys, I worked in the service industry. I never, ever touched my wages. I didn't have to. I had an ongoing pile of tips. Yeah. Unbelievable. Possibly like taking people's jackets as they landed their helicopters and welcoming them in for a fine. What did I do? I worked for an interior designer and sold couches for about 20 grand. (sighs) Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. I used to stand in a shop and uh, sell couches to ladies. Yeah, I used to get paid something like 28 euro an hour in JJB Sports. Like, it was insane. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, I, yeah, I so also just... worked at the dogs and we had a little oh, line in swindling this. Oh, yeah. I knew people who worked in the dogs and they were they were how, raking in the cash. Like, What do you oh, do? Yeah. What do you, how do you swindle? How do you swindle? Okay, so <laughs> the dogs, right? It's, uh, it's not the most intellectual of kind of racing, betting sports. When I first went to work there, the woman who gave me like my or the girl who gave me my like induction was like, and if you ever want to put a bet on the dog that's in the lead at the first bend always wins and the tote doesn't (laughs) close until seconds after they like after the race starts. So if you line up a bet, you've just enough time 
to input that winning dog and hit get the fuck out print. of here but they what are you all doing here sitting in your fucking room you should be making a fortune in the dogs you know that i am shit at being a criminal or being a person with any kind of guilt inside their body you know this and I was terrible I used to just watch I used to just watch all of them doing it every night and I could never bring myself to and were they winning so yeah until right do you know there's like a certain type of bet the dogs called trio uh, trio always and it's like where you pick the top three dogs and coming in any order and then there's another kind of it's a version of that where it's trio straight where you pick the correct order of dogs and basically like there's a really strict rule that like nobody on staff makes bets full stop and anyway some two lads who had some fucking complete racket going on themselves of dodgy betting and stuff accidentally like you were never supposed to put on big bets like that was the whole point really you had to be able to pay yourself out of your own float so that nobody you couldn't so you weren't bringing your fucking massive win to another um person and your own float was only about 300 quid and the two fucking Egypts ended up like winning about 900 quid between them by accident very and, visual <laughs> and uh and ruining it for everyone not you though not me you never uh, it was involved. a oh, chaotic place to work I always remember my friend my really good friend stole his own float one night and got about <laughs> as far as the guy's jacks and then became overcome by paranoia and terror and like didn't know what to do and like he was I don't know I, I, he called me good down. times he called good me times. it was good times yeah he was like the soldier who you know it's all getting to him and he's and he's like completely like quaking I can't can't go on I can't go go on um anyway anyway on memories Cassie's politely like no sorry I just got a message no I just got distracted there because Lydia texts me saying do you remember um, the Celtic title saying uh will we go to another love story tickets are about to sell out and I said are you are you well are you joking like but apparently they've just announced that events of less than 5,000 people can go ahead. What, from That's when? Fantastic. From what date? So license, so another love story is less than 5,000, so it doesn't have to cancel. As are Creep Dive Lives. As Hang are on. Creep Dive yeah, Lives. Yeah, so from, but sure, the pubs are open and the clubs are, you know. But maybe it's outdoor events or something. We could do an outdoor. This recording could be a hostage to fortune now, lads, when you, you I know. wrap yeah. it up um, and realise that we've been had by Lydia. Yeah, exactly. We Lydia. Kept, again, shadow of truth. We still don't know what I don't know. It'll probably still be, maybe they're, they're just operating as if it's going on because, you know, they've, they've only announced that, like say that announcement means that Electric Picnic has to cancel, I mm. assume. When is, although... September. September. When? How big is Body and Soul? No idea. Uh, it's definitely more than five thousand. I'm sure it's supposed. I'm sure, to it's about twenty thousand. Is it? Body and Soul, and it's supposed to happen in like five weeks. I just give sorry. us your creep. Give us your creep. Uh, so I creep. was reminiscing on the Celtic Tiger because they were the good old days. They truly and, were. Um, you know, we had all those helicopters and stuff, and I was like, "What's the? What was the most Celtic Tigery thing?" that you can remember, which is a really fun game to play if you would like to take a second and try and recall to your memory Ooh. the most Celtic title. Do you remember somebody was doing a Twitter thread on that? 
Um, yes, they pop up. About, all I think the last time. year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the eight euro panini was trending heavily. I remember that. Those. The I'm eight sure euro panini. Back. Oh my god. Yeah. That never went away. That just yeah, arrived. Seven ninety five for a panini. I feel is like the standard panini price. Um. Well, I remember being in the Super Value in Knockline, probably called Super Quinn at the time. And being greeted with a bottle of bling water, which was like the top shelf water. And it was like 60 or 70 quid for this bottle of water. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Do you not remember? Bling H2O is what it was called. And it had like a frosted glass bottle. And it was um, the bling H2O was like diamantes on the bottle. And today I was just like, whatever. Whatever happened to bling, <laughs> bling H2O? Water. Like, surely <laughs> that didn't didn't survive. And then I was like, huh, what's going on now that like pre-COVID when things were starting to kind of pick up again, there seems to have been this movement in raw water, which is massive in LA and San Fran. Un- untreated water. Drinking untreated very expensive water um and there's a couple <laughs> of stupid and you know they're the fucking people who aren't getting vaccinated <laughs> exactly right so there's a couple of leaders of this fucking jim carrey okay go of on. this movement right and there's one particular company called live water started by a guy called who was born christopher sanborn but it's changed his name to mukan singh and um, he is this kind of long haired, bearded Jesus, Jesus in Silicon Valley kind of person. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and my they, favorite type of person. Uh, he's he's really driving this raw water movement. And he says that uh, real water or like real water is live and that the water we're all drinking is dead water. Um, and that we've removed all the all the good stuff out of it um, and basically that his raw water will last one lunar cycle and then um, it'll start to turn green because there's stuff in it and that real water good water should expire and he says tap water is toilet water with birth control drugs in it chloramine and fluoride he said, call me a conspiracy theorist, but yes. it's a mind control drug that has no benefit to our dental health, right? So this has been massively leading this whole, whole thing. And basically what they do is just find these springs um, in California, bottle the fucking water in these mad crystal bottles and sell it for two fifty a gallon, um, which is mad. And then there's this other startup company called zero mass which has um has got like raised loads and loads and loads of fucking money in startup investment um it's raised 24 million in venture capital and what this zero mass water does is again parades this whole idea that the water we're drinking is is dead and it uh collects the water from the environment around you uh for you to drink this this natural rainwater and unfiltered, untreated, off-grid, as they call it, water. And a lot of people call it the raw water movement or the off-grid water movement. Um, 
So Cody Friesen is the chief executive of Zero Mass Water. Um, but he actually like he sits on the board of Netflix, LinkedIn, and Open Table. So like he's some he's one of the these rich white men who just seem to have like stumbled into some very good companies early and invested early, but underneath it all is just rich and has bad ideas themselves. Um, so that source system, which is what the zero zero mass water has this fil- not a filtration. I keep going to naturally call it a filtration system because the idea of like installing a rainwater filtration system in your house is a good idea. But the idea of installing a system that just sucks moisture out of the air and drinking it mm. uh, is not a good idea. And um, I mean, it's a Corona nightmare. Cost four thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's ultra high quality and secure, totally disconnected from all infrastructure. Um, and their whole thing is that like you own the air you breathe, so you should own the water that's around you, not take it from the government. And they're so really why are you paying this. them for it if you own it already? Then exactly because it's helping to gather it, and um, so it produces about uh, ten liters of water a day, which is actually pretty impressive. That's a lot of water. Um, yeah. But they have this the kind of uh, sing the OG, the live water uh, guy who was born Christopher and now decides to call himself Mokand, um, says that he went on a raw water diet of five days and that it completely changed uh, his life, uh, that he was able to absorb nutrients better from other food uh, and that his his just life had been so so much better but like everyone who has any background in science I went deep as well on like the fluoride conspiracy that like fluoride has been added to the water since um basically world war ii because fluoride was a like sort of effect of producing arms and that they wanted something to do with this waste and they decided they could put it in the water. Um, But it's, it's not, it didn't originate from a good place. Uh, It was just a company. So it all comes back down to this company called ALCOA, Alcoa, um, that they had an unlimited supply of fluoride, a byproduct of producing aluminium. um, And that they were using, they were producing that aluminium to make aircrafts, they were war. using to make war, whatever. Yes. And back in 1939, instead of like properly disposing of it and getting rid of it, they did a few tests on it, um, suggesting that it could be good for dental health and that it should be used to fluoridinate or, you know, they should be putting it in, in the water. Mm. That's, yeah, there's a big... And then were they able to sell it to the government as an idea? Yeah. Is that kind of what you mean? They basically had this kind of surplus of fluoride, fluoride stock and they were like, what can we kind of brand this as and sell it to the government? Yeah. And that we'll use it as a way, as a means to um, treat water. And because, you know, the fluoride being fluoride added to the water as a mind control drug is one of like the OG conspiracy theories that the government are trying to control us. Um, there's loads of suggestions that it, fluoride was used by there's no historical backing for this, but the conspiracy theorists believe that fluoride was used by Hitler to mind control people in concentration camps and make them docile. And that an excessive amount of fluoride calcifies uh, a gland in, in the brain or near the brain and makes us all really dumb and easy to control. 
<laughs> it's definitely working on me. So there you have it. There's like the fluoride. These these now these Silicon Valley people are uh, building on the fluoride conspiracy theorists to sell you really expensive raw water all around. Not a scientist. I would just uh, like to say, what a do not drink untreated water. <laughs> Amazingly, don't do it. You all came on with kind of a similar. We're all in the right mood. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I uh, I am getting so much joy out of creeping for love at gmail.com. Listen, which how's is, it going? It's going, it's I'm getting little like I'm getting wafts of emotion from it. Like I've been emailing some email to people. It's so exciting. So for anyone uh, who isn't a patron, uh on last week's um, live stream, uh, that is absolutely the high point of the creep week. Um, we did a creeping for love sort of uh, s- sort of segment where we invited patrons who might be, you know, feeling lonely, seeking a, cr- a like-minded creep to do a personals ad. So we read out seven hilarious personals ads i knew they were going to be so hilarious like they were so good they were so good and um and so then i i released creep list like not their identities but i i put up the personal ads then on our patron and uh we've had some people who liked what they heard and i've uh, absolutely i've been passing on emails and obviously so with people's consent and I've got hurty smiley face every time I go in to do my bit of house creeping in the uh, creeping for love inbox Yay. and uh, yeah it's really cool it's deadly so um so if you like what you hear come on over and come hang out with us on Thursday yeah and um, Thursday nights Thursday nights I uh yeah I'll save mine because mine that I did for today was it's pretty it's a big one. It's a good one. It's a, right. I'll do a little teaser. It's kind of like we're hearing a lot about the healthcare heroes and rightly so. Yes. Mm-hmm. But with all this good press, we're probably forgetting about some of the healthcare hideous people <laughs> of, of old. And uh, what's his name? That doctor. Yeah. Dr. Jets. No, neither. It is, it's the anniversary of his crimes this year. I will do it next week. And it's so Who is intriguing. It? You're not going to tell I, us his name? No, don't. Because then I'll just do my own research and I'd ruin it for myself. You'd ruin it for yourself because you'd get on Wikipedia and be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or there's lots him. of people shouting it at the phone right now. But gotcha. um, there's uh, it's actually funny. I always thought of it as quite a boring one. Yeah. Um, he is on not paper, boring. though, in terms of just basic stats. He's the most prolific, I don't know if that's the right word, serial killer in the UK. Ever. Whoa. Oh. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Harold. That's Sorry. It. Yeah. Yeah. And Listen, um, he's not a great guy. Well, I always thought he was a bit like, a bit boring, to be honest. And I know that's terrible. People were dying. What do you need, Sophie? What are you after? But you know me. Like, sometimes I'm a bit like, you know. I just need more. Things. I just need more. I, I need just, a bit of pizzazz. Yeah, well, I've unearthed the pizzazz, though, oh, in that yes. story. I'd complete, there is so much that actually I didn't know. And then there's other stuff I totally forgot. So, like, tune in next week for that, because I had a 
absolute blast. I shouldn't be saying all this, but yeah, I had a real blast down that Wikipedia hole. And also for patrons, we have a new exciting um, little kind of, I suppose, bit of distraction. You know, mm-hmm. what else is it at the moment? The craft dive. Yes. Now, longtime listeners know that we are heavy crafters ourselves. Some of us. Even Jen. Jen tries to claim she isn't, but you are literally a friggin' designer, man. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Anyway. Has, has had success in, in actually profiting off her skills rather than the two of us who just keep pouring money into unfinished wares. Literally just hanging am, lumps of shite from the ceiling with knots. I am just weaving money. Ah into lumpen sweaters that nobody but myself will wear that work That's, out far more not? expensive than an Aaron sweater oh exactly. yeah like, like I just spent so much money on wool I got the pattern for free so I was like high off getting the pattern for free so then didn't even think twice about buying up 80 quid's worth of wool for but it's going to be gorge guys and um, the only member of my family who will consent to wearing my wares is Sonny and he is a stunning model. Simply a pleasure to dress that child. He can't fight back. He's trying, but he can't. Um, so anyway, the craft dive. We're doing our first craft dive. It's basically a little hour of creeping and crafting on Zoom. We're doing it on Sundays. So this will go out the day of, won't it? Because we're going on Sundays now, aren't we? Um, so Sunday at 7 p.m. Come and join us for a little creep and craft. Bring your craft, bring your creep, bring a little beverage. Bring $4 a month. Bring $4 a month. That if is you true. want to. That's I mean, actually the key here. And then go away again. That's the thing. If you think about it like that, that's it's not bad that's value. good value. If you used to, for example, attend live shows. It's very good value. Very good value. Hopefully you'll be attending them again. I can't wait for our first live show back. Do you know why? Know. Because all of our... Um, I feel like I know everyone Zoom so well from getting Zoom to know now. each other. So the, our patrons will presume, or the people who come to the show will know each other before they get, isn't that so fun? Isn't that we'll so never weird? be able to shut them up though. Oh, we're going to have to get like very strict. So they'll be having side creeps. I know. Yeah. I wonder will like nobody recognize the others outside of their like hilarious living room Zoom setups. They should come with a black with an image behind of their um <laughs> like harry could have his like zoological zoo mm. just suspended behind it perfect perfection well this was a joy as always oh i sorry i forgot one of our brilliant listeners lisa ryan sent me an update on molly from last week's episode do you remember the four strangers fuck up another stranger's life story? yes 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 do you yes. remember the kidnapping that i couldn't get past the bloody yeah, yeah yeah you know you're in eu you can't read this story an absolute gem of a creep lisa um did a vps she got very technical i think she made some kind of proxy address or whatever got her hands on the story we have the best creeps we do have the best creeps and um so it transpires that Molly uh, has actually got two kidnapping charges. Fucking hell, Molly. And take a day off. Take a, just put the feet up. I'm sure she's getting a rest now during COVID, hopefully. Mm. But um, she, so she was charged with kidnapping um, police in Houston. Sorry, police in, where are we again? Athens is the town. 
Anyway, police in the area uh, found a man running, fleeing in uh, the early hours in his underwear down the street. And um, he, it turns out, was a friend of theirs. The kidnapping was, let's kidnap our mate. Like, it would be like if me and Cassie conspired to kidnap you, Jen, and it would be you because Dan, Dan's got a good job. <laughs> and, and for yeah. the extortion element. And yeah, and we could be extorting you. I can't decide whether it's just super lazy to kidnap someone, you know. Somebody is, is actioning. So I think that. you could lure them in very easily. Like, we'd be like, get in, bitch, we're going creeping. And you just jump in the car. Yeah. And that's true. There would be no, and no then struggle. I'd be like, I brought you this Corona mask and then I'd press it over your face. And so I'd, trick us. I'd just drift away. You'd drift away. You'd actually I'm, be grateful for it. I know for a fact take you would. You she needs a rest. day or two, yeah, before you even realised you'd been kidnapped. And then the, my body, very small bits in your pizza oven, Cassie. It's an true. absolute fucking dream. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let's kill Jen. But you know, that wouldn't be great for the money in terms of the money. Cassie and I are very yeah. commercially minded. So unless we set up a kind of a patreon.com forward slash let's kill Jen and we had some people funding the project, perhaps. Straight up save, Jen. save Jen. Save Jen. Oh, save saved Jen. Jen. That's mm. Cassie yeah. telling it. That's why you are the brains. brains. And I am the flosser. Have you guys seen that I can floss now? I was very impressed. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Anyway, we better go. This episode has been four days long. Okay. And do you know what's best about it? Most of it has been us exiting. So we kind of finished the episode about 40 minutes ago. And then we've just been, we did a bit of like. We've just been doing an Irish goodbye. A bite, exactly. Bite, bite, yeah. Bite, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a great yeah, article yeah, on the bite, internet yeah. at the moment called How to Hang Up the Phone When You've Nowhere to Go. It's very helpful. <laughs> That's really good. Ooh. Oh my God. I wrote my lockdown diary this week for the Indo.ie, plug alert, um, all about how brilliant it is now that we will never, we had become a nation of huggers and kissers. So it took forever to arrive and ever, forever to leave anywhere. And now that's over. Like we're oh, never going to go true. back to that level of physical contact. And I, for one, I'm fucking delighted. I used what? to hate. I'm so needy. Go and hug Scout and Lydia. You're supposed to have eight hugs a day. Is that true? Who has time for that? Cassie oh. has been all over the internet reading all these articles. You guys have kids. Like, I just have Lydia and my housemate, Alexander. Not a hugger. Oh, fair. Okay. No. I want to well, de-hug. I have too many hugs. I wish I could gift you some hugs, Cass. But anyway, I'm thrilled about the new situation with the whole hello, goodbye. It's going to be so efficient. Can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, speaking of, goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks <laughs> for coming. Thanks for being you. Bye. <laughs> If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.